interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. Oh, wow. It's in Feb- February. Things are sliding by. Tomorrow is the Super Bowl. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Husker baseball is getting going. They're down in San Diego. There's so much going on. Uh, it's a very, very exciting time of year. And uh, I had lined up uh, a good friend, John Peterson, who was going to talk about, uh, he's an expert because he did it for 20 years, managing uh, the federal management of, uh, of gaming and, uh, and casinos uh, across the country. And now that we've got these casinos here in Nebraska that are, that are the existing ones and now new ones, I thought, I need to have John on to talk uh, about that. And we were going to do that. He's not feeling well this week, so he's got a rain check. John, get well soon. And, uh, and we, will, we will come up back to that topic because I think it's fascinating. There's so much we don't know. For example, just one little teaser here. What is the difference between gaming and, and regular old gambling? And, and, and don't we already have gaming? Don't we have these things like, like Kino and Bingo and all these kind of things that are going on? And so what's the difference between that and a slot machine? Are, are there different kinds of slot machines? Okay, those questions and more will be answered uh, when we talk with John sometime soon. But today, uh, on short notice, who do you call when you need a friend to talk life with? You call, I call him the skipper, he calls me... Gilligan. The little buddy. The little buddy, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and it's been a while since we've been together. That's right. <laughs> and uh, that is the voice of Bill Thornton. How you doing, yes. Bill? Hey, it's great to see you, Stu. Yeah, it's good to see you. And by the way, Pastor Bill Thornton, uh, been pastoring here in Lincoln for a long time, but most recently at? F Street Neighborhood Church. Yes. That's right, 13th and F. 13th and F. South of downtown. Yes. Where and the action is happening, <laughs> is, even is, as I speak. That's you know we love the action. Yes, so, we do. Yeah, but keeps us employed. Yes. How long have you been down there? Uh, I'm in my third year at the F mm-hmm. Street Church, and mm-hmm. as you know, of course, thirty years before that. Yeah. At Capital City Christian Church. Yeah. Been ten years since we left Capital City, and I had a little bit of a stint at Nebraska Christian College, where I taught for about seven years. So, yes. but it feels great to be back. Being a pastor in our city, we live about six blocks from the church, so love being in the neighborhood. Yeah, that is great. Yep. And you're working with uh, uh, Jeff Hirspink? Was yes, Jeff is our lead pastor. I'm mm-hmm. the teaching pastor. We, most of the time, are having a great old time. He's yeah. a great guy to work with and uh, uh-huh. just has a real heart for the neighborhood, too. I'd say, you know, the... Um, we're going to get into a couple different topics today. Of course, I do want to talk just a little bit about the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but first, uh, the, the neighborhood. Um, one of the things, Jeff consciously chose the name F Street Neighborhood Church. Right. Because a lot of times, again, churches, they draw from people all over the city and so forth. And not that you, you wouldn't do that. If, if, right. you, if you live somewhere else in Lincoln, you're welcome to F Street Neighborhood Church. But what, what was that title really about then in terms of focus? and intention of, uh, of, of that particular congregation. Right. Well, from the very beginning, it was intended to be a church not only in the neighborhood but for the neighborhood. And um, we work really hard to keep the mission focus 
on the neighborhood. You're right. Anybody is welcome at F Street. Place of mm-hmm. acceptance and direction is what we seek to be. Wow. But we are primarily uh, focused on that neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, just south of the downtown. 13th and F is kind of the epicenter. <laughs> mm. And, uh, yeah, we really – so we're really seeking to be a neighborhood church. Yeah, yeah. And that's – I know one of the things that we do at, uh, at Zion, we do FoodNet. And I think you guys yep. have been involved in FoodNet as well. Absolutely. Yep, we do FoodNet. We have a number of um, AA and – uh, NA groups uh, that meet at the building. We have Celebrate Recovery on Wednesday nights. So, and we partner together with a lot of the uh, human service agencies uh, here in Lincoln. Uh, mm-hmm. Really feel like we're a part of all of that too. So, significant portion of our congregation uh, has that kind of in their background. And mm-hmm. as we're all learning, we're all in recovery, really, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. And uh, so, it's just a real privilege to be a part of people's lives. I, I love the refreshing honesty mm. of the people in our neighborhood. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's very real. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's also a part of your personal DNA being around you and your family. I think you're, you value that. That's, right. you know, we just, do. Hey, just tell me the truth. Tell me the way it is. Right. And that's not always, not always the case in, right. uh, in families or churches. That's exactly right. Yeah. So trying to remove the mask and being genuine, because then you can really begin to address mm-hmm. uh, the issues, the hurts and the brokenness that are there from the past. Yeah, yeah. currently there. Yeah. You know, and the the church will always have a, a special place in my heart. My when my dad died, my mom remarried, and and uh, he, uh, the the man that she married, uh, had a, a son who uh, late in life uh, he succumbed to uh, some kidney disease, and uh, or liver disease. I'm sorry, and. Um, and F Street totally took care of him, ministered yeah. to him, and kind of nurtured him along the way. Yeah. And uh, and uh, he, uh, I it sure appears that he came to faith in Christ late Absolutely. in life through yeah. the through the ministry of the church. That's what I understand too. He had passed away by the time I came on the scene. Yeah. But yes, uh, that was uh, another one of our many ties that we have together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I that's literally an eternal debt. Uh, right. That uh, we're grateful to God and grateful that He used uh, F Street Church and the people there in that way. Absolutely, uh, it's a, yeah, uh, as, you know, and, and the business we're in, it doesn't get much cooler than that. Absolutely, that is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, from the uh, from the sublime to the mundane. <laughs> now you're uh, you're a Kansas boy, right? I am a Kansas boy. So who yeah. is there? Any question who we're rooting for Sunday? I have been rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> For almost all of my life. Yes. If you have time, I'll just tell you how long. I remember it wasn't even called Super Bowl One. I. I think it was the NFL-AFL World Championship or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Featured my Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately, Green Bay won that day, mm-hmm. and I was heartbroken. I was just shy of my 10th birthday. Mm. And so, of course, rejoiced when they beat the Minnesota Vikings three years later. In the fourth Super Bowl, and of course, more recently, we've been quite excited about Patrick Mahomes and yeah. uh, Travis Kelsey and all the group. Uh, yeah, we love our Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've got I'm a bona fide Chiefs fan myself. I yes. have a, my uh, Facebook profile picture is a picture of me as a uh, youngster uh, wearing my Kansas City Chiefs helmet. And uh, and uh, number sixteen. Oh yeah, Lenny the Cool. Lenny the Cool. I love that epic picture of him at halftime <laughs> in the first Super Bowl. 
enjoying a bottle of Fresca, as I recall, yes. and a cigarette. That so. is correct. <laughs> Fresca and a smoke. Yeah. That is that is just too hilarious. Yeah. But it's the picture it just is well, a lot has changed over the last 50-some years. <laughs> you don't think Tom Brady had a fresco? I'm smoke? guessing not. <laughs> the, uh, I, not at his age. Not, not at his age. Oh, my goodness. That was, well, hey, you know, just like with the Huskers, they were in long, dark seasons of right. of who knows if this is ever going to straighten straightened out, and then all of a sudden, right. then, uh, hey, here comes Patrick Mahomes, and they're, they're yeah. in the game. Yeah, they're on the brink of becoming a dynasty, depending yeah. on what happens, of course. Sunday. Yes, yes. Well, the, uh, somebody noted that uh, he he got uh, Patrick Mahomes did get the MVP uh, for the season, and that MVPs in the Super Bowl are zero and nine. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So I really hope that he breaks that <laughs> string for sure. He's got to he's got to break the curse. That's right. Yeah, there were. By the way, they're like they start off as. Uh, the Eagles were a point and a half favorites. Now I think it's up to two and a half points. Who knows by the really? game time what it's going to be up to. Uh, I don't know. It just seems to me like the teams are pretty evenly matched. I think so, too. I mean, I know I'm hopelessly biased for the Chiefs, yeah, but I yeah. really think they have a legitimate chance. Of course, it'll depend upon yeah. how healthy Patrick is, I think. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, watching him play on what we all knew was a bum ankle. Right. was one of the most amazing uh, right. moments. By the way, I felt I felt horrible for as much as I wanted him to win. I felt horrible for that Bengal player who oh my shoved goodness, him out yes. of bounds and yes. put him clearly into field goal range. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking in Cincinnati that would not, that call would not have been made, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's, they were playing in Arrowhead and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it was yeah, that was unfortunate. I felt yeah. badly for that young man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean it's it's I think it's a real call. I mean, they're trying to protect right. the quarterback and everything. Well, right, particularly the kind of the environment we're in right now. They're yeah. being very careful yeah. about quarterbacks. Yeah. So, yeah, particularly a quarterback like him. You know, yeah. he's he means a lot to the league. Yeah, <laughs> he yes. really does, and to the city of, Can- of yeah. Kansas City. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about ministry, but also I'm going to pick your brain because I've been reading a book that I've found fascinating. It's called Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And uh, you and I both have adult children. That we do. And uh, so uh, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some of his principles of, of how you do life with your adult children and see if you confirm or deny uh, those claims. Sound good? That sounds great. All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday uh, talking with Pastor Bill Thornton. Glad to have you along. It's a Friendly Fire uh, Saturday on, for, on The Voice of Lincoln, that is, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Bill Thornton. Uh, he's down there at the F Street Neighborhood Church. And um, uh, before the break, Bill, we were talking about, uh, again, ministry in the neighborhood. And, uh, and you're walking. Boy, you can, you can walk to the building now if you want to. I do. Yeah. I do some mornings. That's awesome. Especially now the weather, when the weather gets nicer. But yeah. every Sunday I try to walk just because it's, we have limited parking. So yeah. there's no need to be parking an extra <laughs> car in our parking lot. Yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, that is so cool. Uh, and it's been really, really sweet to see God grow the ministry down there, um, and you and and you become uh, again, kind of you reinvented yourself. Is it hard 
to uh, you've been the lead pastor for decades at Capital City, and then now being more of a support pastor, teaching right. temp pastor. Exactly. Is that uh, how? How has that uh, adjustment been for you? Well, I think it, it's been great um, in a word. Um, I think you know I, when I went to teach at the college, I kind of thought that was going to be my second act, and mm-hmm. and it was. But now we're into Act Three. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm glad I had kind of that several years to kind of segue out of being the lead pastor at a larger mm-hmm. church. And I love, you know, the the uh, simplicity and the personal nature of a smaller church. Mm-hmm. And given my season of life, I like I like going a little slower, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't mind giving up the administrative challenges and headaches. Uh, I love to teach and that's what I get to do a lot of. And so I feel like it's right where I need to be right now. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, I was talking before about this book that I've been reading and, uh, you know, you have adult children. I have adult children. Um, I, I read this book called by a guy named Jim Burns called doing life with your adult children. And I was so kind of grabbed by it. I said, you know, I bet there'd be, cause when I would mention it to different people, they'd you know, in the church, people about my age, they'd be like, oh, I'd like to read that book. I'd like to talk about that. And so we we started a, a discussion group and it really is a discussion group. It's like, I, I don't have magic answers and I'm not saying right. that he's got everything right. But, uh, but boy, oh boy, it's just been, uh, people have been drawn to this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, uh, you know, living life now for a long time with your adult children, uh, were there guideposts that kind of helped lead you into that new kind of relationship with them or just kind of right. feel, feel your way along? <laughs> well, I think I learned a lot from experience and most of it, uh, <laughs> well, maybe not most of it, but at least a little bit of it was a kind of painful. Yeah. Um, uh, we have four adult children. Uh, I won't, in case they're listening, I will not list that. I will not list them <laughs> and their ages. Yes. Uh, yes. My daughters in particular are not crazy about me telling how old they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've, um, I think, uh, you know, one of the, the challenging first challenges was you move from being like directly responsible for them and feel like you have a response, you have a really a calling to not only, you know, to invest in them, to, to try to warn them and counsel them. And mm-hmm. of course, as they get older and get out on their own, uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, but after I realized that I was still trying to treat them the way they were when they were growing up in our house, suddenly I remembered, oh yes, I remember feeling this way as a young adult myself. Mm. And that actually was quite helpful, that realization that they're going through what I went through. And I could remember how I resented, you know, my dad in particular trying to control or direct me. And and that Mm kind of helped me back off. And Mm. I think that's one of the things that we need to do is to kind of, we still pray, we still love, we Mm -hmm. still accept, but we... You know, we, we don't lecture and we, for sh- well, I'm sure we're going to get into more as we get along here. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You just bumped right into his first principle. And the first chapter basically is you have a new job description. Right. And so you have to figure out, okay, what was my old job description and how is it now? What's my new job description? Right. 
And it's and and a lot of times that job description does not involve giving advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's unless it's solicited. Yeah. And uh, and here's the thing: if you are praying and if you are available, and they do sense that you genuinely love and care for them, they will ask you, you know, mm-hmm. in time, uh, what you think. And mm-hmm. it's a a wonderful thing. I remember not all that long ago, uh, one of our children. Um, reaching out and it was in the wee hours of the morning. Mm. Uh, and I am not a person who does the wee hours of the morning, <laughs> but one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me mm. is that if you want to, if you want to be a part of your young adult child's life, you have to be available when they are ready to talk to you mm. and share with you. It's not like on our terms, it's on their terms. Mm. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a sacrificial thing that of course parents, have learned that all along the way from when they first bring the little ones home from the hospital, Mm. you know, until, until we leave this earth, uh, you know, being a parent is about being about sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that you've recently, not fairly recently lost both, both of your parents. Right. And, uh, and I know that, uh, you, okay. So you're reflecting both ways. You're kind of Mm -hmm. reflecting on what my relationship is like with my adult children, but also then what, what that relationship was like upward toward my right. parents and exactly. and how that relationship also changed. Right. Uh, how much did this, this, that as you, as you now, your parents are gone, you're, you're at the top of the heap now. Right. How does that, how does that relationship you have with your parents kind of shape the way you think of, of, of now this new relationship with your children now that you're, again, you're, right. you're, you're the elder. Right. Well, I learned some things, particularly uh, in with my relationship with my dad. And fortunately mm. we both lived long enough. He lived to be 97 years old. So we mm. were able to work through, mm-hmm. uh, some of the strife and conflict that we had earlier in life, mm-hmm. um, and ended up at a, at a really good place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's what I hope for our children too, is that, uh, you know, I'm increasingly reminding, I mean, it, I kind of like talk to myself on a regular basis about, <laughs> you know, just reminding myself, you know, don't, it, you're not there to give them advice, but be available, mm-hmm. be ready, love mm-hmm. them. And yeah. um, so I try to do the things that my parents did that were good and the things that I wasn't so crazy about the way my parents <laughs> handled. I try to do them the way I would have wanted them to do it. Yeah, and yeah. of course, I do some things well as a parent of adult children, and I've learned some things <laughs> that I've done that were not so great yes. that I've had to correct. I've had to go back and apologize, and yeah. and when they see the humility, I think, and the genuineness mm-hmm. of who we are, and you know, our family, we are all in each other's business in mm-hmm. a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, we know what's going on. We have deep relationships even when we're in conflict we know we love each other and that's mm-hmm. been a really healthy thing for all of us yeah yeah it is uh, one of the things in the one of the principles of the book was that uh, unsolicited advice is received as criticism mm-hmm. and uh and uh, that's such a hard thing as a parent because you have experienced life you do have wisdom you do have things you'd love to tell them right. that you that, that in your mind that could be helpful but it it just rarely seems to work out that way. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. Especially when you're a preacher. Yes. You know, because I have a tendency, well, you know, once a week I get to <laughs> get up and share all my wisdom anyway with the whole world. So, yeah. you know, I don't want them to feel like I'm preaching to them, mm-hmm. though. That 
what they need me to be is a dad, mm-hmm. a present dad, not and a grandpa, not not the preacher. So, yeah. yeah. By the way, that's one of the things I I realize is that again, there aren't many. If you're a pastor and your child is a part of your congregation, they have heard you uninterrupted <laughs> talking <laughs> exactly a lot right and about about meaningful stuff to infinity and beyond to, exactly <laughs> and so it's like there's a sense in which i think okay is there really something significant uh that i haven't said right that they haven't listened to probably multiple times right and then that so that my comments to them Maybe instead of being just about life and truth, and so just need to be more personal about right about uh, loving them, supporting them, being proud right. of them, those kind of things. Right. Well, yeah. we had a pretty significant life event happen not too long ago when our family pet passed away, mm. and it was actually our son's dog. And mm. uh, of course, he in the last eleven and a half years that we've had the dog has spent some time down in Haiti. So. We also, Marsha and I, have been caretakers of the mm. dog. And when he was, when we had to make the decision to to have him put down, that mm. was, of course, quite uh, a traumatic thing for the members of our family, particularly mm. Marsha and I and our son. And yeah. uh, and just to um, to see each other in that and to support each other in that was mm. just a was a really really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Going to take another break. When we come back, uh, let's think about some of these other principles. He's got about nine of them in the book. We won't get to all of them, but right. we'll get to my favorites. Okay, that so, sounds great, All Stuart. right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Bill Thornton. And um, uh, by the way, at F Street Neighborhood Church at uh, 13th and F. Oh, of course. Where else would it be? (laughs) It's the F Street Neighborhood Church. That's right. That's right. Uh, We were talking about uh, doing life with your adult children and this book by Jim Burns. And uh, one of the other things that he mentions is that it's, uh, he talks about being a student of our children's culture and the kind of technology that shapes them and the, the way the world has changed and that we oftentimes lament that world, but it's, but they inherited a very different world than we did. Right. They've and, grown up a completely different world than yeah, what I grew up in. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that can be a source of tension and strife. Some things are better, some things are worse. Uh, but right. how, how much do you, how much is that a part of your equation to try to kind of, enter into their world and the way that they see the world as opposed to the way that maybe you and I grew up uh, in the 60s. Uh, how much do you do that and is that helpful or, or would it be helpful to kind of just reflect on on how how different things are? That is, um, that's a great question. I have one child who, I'm on Facebook, I'm pretty active on Facebook. Mm-hmm as a lot of boomers are. Yes. And uh, in fact, some of the younger folks say that Facebook was great until the boomers joined and then they kind of ruined it. It's I probably, don't know if that's true or it's not. It's probably but, true. It's probably true. But what I do know is that one of our children left the Facebook platform and went to another platform. I'm not mm-hmm. even for sure which platform it is. <laughs> but, uh, Doesn't make any difference. It made it, I mean, <laughs> what he did made it real clear to me that, Dad, you do your social media and I'll do my social media. Yeah. And, um, 
and and I accepted that. I respected that as a as a boundary. Uh, I think the the rest of our kids are on uh, Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think um, one of them in particular thinks that I overshare, mm. and uh, so I I. That individual may be surprised, but I actually respect their opinion, and I think, you know, uh, that's one of the things that's a beautiful thing about having adult children mm-hmm. is it's like you have additional adults available to not only yeah. are speaking into their lives, but they could speak into our lives, yes. and especially when it comes to understanding young adults, which Marsha and I lead a young adult group at our church, and mm-hmm. having had young adult children has really helped us remain somewhat relevant but mm-hmm. we do not really i'll have to say we're really not making a significant effort to try to understand all of this or embrace all of this because um i feel like it's it's kind of like um you know you could try to learn a foreign language it's always <laughs> going to be a second language for yeah. us yeah. um whereas we have our native tongue and the way we relate and operate is always going to be what's most natural for us. And, and we're, you know, they, they're able to do that with us. We're able to do that with them. And, Mm -hmm. and we just recognize it's great. Like for example, (laughs) we, we have a new uh, TV monitor uh, in the children's ministry where Marcia teaches at F street church. Mm -hmm. And of course she has no idea how to run the (laughs) electronics. So our five-year-old granddaughter, uh, is the one who gets everything set up and running for the teacher there. Makes Uh, you wonder who's in charge of the children's ministry at F Street Church. (laughs) Well, you know what they say, you know, when technology breaks, find a child. Exactly. They they know exactly what to do. You know, one of the things, I mean, we always talk about the negative sides of the technology, but let let me give this pitch and see if this plays out. I think it plays out the same way in your life. Texting, for example. Right. That is a, you know, relatively new thing. Uh, you know, that keeps us connected in a lot of ways. It does. You know, and uh, it's like, I don't want to, I'm not sure it's a call from dad. I don't know. Sure. I feel like that. Okay. A text, you you know, feels a little less invasive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Even, you know, and then texting a picture or something like that. Right. Just just being able to, so having, knowing a little bit about technology can actually, again, improve the relationship. Right. Yeah. It can. It's a horrible way to try to resolve conflict. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yes. But uh, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. And they, um, yeah, I think that is, and I think a lot of people just do not answer their phones anymore, but they will respond to a text. Yeah. No, I, I find it to be very, very common. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, and even me, I, when every time I see my phone ring, it's like, and I wouldn't say I, I hate it, but I right. I don't look forward to it. Right, you know, it's like except I'm, when I call you, right? Still. Well, hey, when <laughs> when the skipper calls, that always makes me smile. Yeah, so that's uh, but we 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 always need to invent more opportunities to hang out. That's exactly right. One of the things that's nice about texting too is that you can actually formulate a response, and if it's not exactly <laughs> doesn't exactly come out the way you want it to, you can backspace and <laughs> you know before you hit send. Yes. Now the key is making sure it's ready to go before you hit send. Yes, yes. Once once that's done, yeah, it's... your your goose is cooked. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, there. Uh, so he, he develops a chapter in the book of this idea of understanding their culture. And again, some of the values that uh, the again weren't a part of our experience: the tolerance, diversity, right. uh, some of the things that uh, 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 
there just weren't – we didn't necessarily think they were wrong or something. They just weren't on the radar. They weren't, right. they weren't top of mind things. Right. And that word tolerance uh, gets uh, used quite a bit. When you hear that, what do you hear? Well, I think it's a perfectly good word that doesn't get used so well anymore, <laughs> yeah. in, my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, we, it feels in many ways like our world is less tolerant despite our insistence that we need to be tolerant of one mm-hmm. another. And that's, and I don't know. See, I've, I've sometimes wondered, has the world changed that much? Or am I remembering what it was like a few decades ago, you know, maybe in a nostalgic sort of way that's not yeah. really accurate? That, I don't know. But, um, I, I do know that what has informed my prayer life, I do think we're living in a in a much different world than the one I entered into as a young adult, mm-hmm. particularly as it relates to the church and uh, faith in the in the marketplace. I feel like we are living in a time where um, people are um, well, I think the church is it's more like we're playing on our opponent's home field. You know, 40 years ago, it was not unusual to have Wednesday night activities at the church and there was no conflict from anything else Mm -hmm. going on in in the community. And I know that could be like a nostalgic look back to the past, but uh, I realize we're not going to go back to that. But what I do in terms of informing my prayer life, I pray for our kids in the way the world is changing, that they'll be able to be lights where there is darkness Mm-hmm. Where they'll be able to bring truth, where there is falsehood, um, and I think I think it's more cut and dried now than it's ever been. Maybe I think mm-hmm. I know that talking with my young adult children, uh, it's been really disappointing for for them to see some of their friends walk away from the faith, mm-hmm. and so uh, anything that we can do to encourage them to persevere in the faith is is just real important yeah and and one of those things i want to pick up one last break and i want to pick up on this theme because i think well you know, my dad used to always say major on the majors right minor on the minors and it and it feels to me like a part of the reason that that some of the you know millennials gen z whatever you want to the those, those right. younger generations are opposed to is they they feel like maybe in some ways the church has majored on the minors mm-hmm. and uh and and i don't know does that resonate with you oh yeah let's unpack that a little bit after this last break uh yeah. talking with pastor bill thornton here on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back rolling along here on a Friendly Fire Saturday, uh, talking with Pastor Bill Thornton here of uh, F Street Neighborhood Church and of Jacob as well. Exactly. That's right. And it's time, uh, Bill, you know, as we always have a shameless plug, just uh, plug away. All right. This is my favorite part. There you go. That's right. (laughs) Well, if you want to learn more about F Street Neighborhood Church, you can go to our web st- website, which is at fstreetchurch.org, and you can learn more about us. Better, we'd love to have you come, some, if you're, especially if you're without a church, mm-hmm. and live in our neighborhood. We would love to have you join us at mm-hmm. 1030 mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock for bagels and coffee. We're <laughs> glad that now that COVID is wound down pretty much, we're able to do that again mm-hmm. in person. Yep. And also Jacob's Well. Jacob's Well dash lincoln 
www.ccdevelopmentcenter.com is our website. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about some of the community development work that's going on in uh, downtown Lincoln, as well as in Haiti, we would love for you to know about that, too. Yes. Become involved as you are willing. That's right. And uh, all full disclosure, uh, I'm, a, I'm on the board of Jacob's Well. Yep. And I, uh, I'm in full support right. of that mission. The, uh, so we can talk about that another time, too, more. Uh, before the break, talking about majoring on the majors, monitoring on the minors, and uh, tra- and then somehow getting those things inverted. And, uh, and it seems to me one of the aspects of that has been, uh, over the course of my lifetime, um, is uh, as, as through the last political cycle, is that there's now Christians and evangelicals are viewed as a voting block, mm-hmm. as opposed to a particular uh, uh, way of looking at truth and the Bible and, right. and, and Christianity, right. it's become a, like almost like a voting identity. Right. And, uh, a political viewpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems to me be a prime example of, of getting that inverted. Right. That my political affiliation shouldn't overshadow my identity as a Christian. Right. My identity in Christ. Right. Are there any other things like that that you think, you know, that this is a part of why the church has brought this on? We've brought it on ourselves by majoring on things that aren't that aren't really major. Uh, right. Anything else come to mind that kind of might be in that category? Well, I think that um, as far as our um, like our Sunday morning services and so forth, you know, we're in a context where um, I mean we're concerned about doing things decently and in order, but um, <laughs> but you know. We measure messages by their, you know, are they biblical? And the worship, uh, I guess, I I think in some circles we become, like, obsessed with, like, performance and uh, the show. Mm-hmm. And for Enter- a lot of people. Entertainment. Yeah, entertainment value. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and I understand that there's a certain, there's there's something to that. But, but when it becomes that's the main thing, then I know for some not just young adults, but just people in general that, you know, they can kind of see through that. And it feels kind of like, um, well, lame is the word <laughs> that comes to mind. <laughs> yes. Uh, shallow, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it just seems kind of shallow. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's one of the things that I appreciate about our context that we're in right now is that, uh, we are ministering to, to people with all kinds of hurts, all kinds of brokenness. We try to encourage people to be uh, authentic and genuine about what they're going through and, and, tr- and try to, I think sometimes in the past in the church, we have given the impression that, well, if you just believe in Jesus, everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yes, there is a sense in which, yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. You believe in Jesus, then, uh, we believe that things will go well and will go better for you. But, but that doesn't eliminate the fact that we have some things going on in our lives where there is, you know, broken relationships, experiences that we've had in the past that have left us wounded. And and it's, it's really kind of trite to just, you know, put like a Jesus Band-Aid on it. And mm-hmm. so, but do we have the willingness to walk with people through this stuff, uh, to listen, to be their friend, to share in community mm-hmm. with them and ministry See, to me, I think that's getting back to what it means to be a Christian and to be a church. And I think our world is hungry for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's responsive to that. At least that's what we've found. 
Absolutely. The, um, well, I, I think one of the reasons why we became friends is majoring on the majors. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you and I have, have uh, been friends with a lot of other pastors in town. And, right. uh, and if, we, if we were intent on always talking about our differences, we probably could have kept busy with that. Right. <laughs> but instead, uh, you know, the uh, long-term, uh, decades-long relationships were formed not around our differences, but around what we felt were essentials of the Christian right. faith, right? The core, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, how does and those great, great creeds that we show, you know, we share in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I was sharing with somebody not too long ago that um you know, convictions are important to me. They're just not as important as the core. And I think part of this has been shaped by my parents passing away and my own sense of being mortal mm -hmm. that you know, what's at the center of our faith is of absolute importance to me. And the other stuff mm -hmm. is I mean, I care about a lot of different things, but but when it compares with my life in Christ, there is mm -hmm. no comparison yeah. to these other things. And that relationship with him informs everything else. And yeah. that's what I love. You know, that pastor's group that we have been a part of for mm -hmm. many, many years. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that that was, even though we were kind of across the board in terms of our theological diversity, mm -hmm. we had that core in Christ that was you know, and holding to biblical authority that w that really brought our group together and enabled us mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy rich fellowship. Yeah, yeah. And and the kind of, uh, it's funny, we've been doing, you participated in a little survey I did there about the Apostles' Creed, talking yes. about, again, kind of a shorthand for, well, what do Christians believe? And so we're doing a little sermon series through the Apostles' Creed. And, uh, and again, not that people don't quibble with maybe this phrase or that phrase or exactly right. the way things are said, but yeah. In in my limited survey here of about forty plus pastors, um, everyone but one said they substantially agree, if not completely agree, with the creed. That's awesome, isn't that something? Yeah. Does that does that surprise you at all? Well, I don't know who the forty are. But, <laughs> uh, that is very encouraging to me. I don't mm -hmm. know. It may surprise me a little bit, but I'm mm -hmm. glad I'm glad to hear that because. That is really what we're talking about is like this core foundational kind of, mm -hmm. because if, if we are going to do of anything, anything good and lasting, mm -hmm. uh, it has to have the right kind of foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things, uh, uh this week we was talking about one holy Catholic church and right. Catholic of course means universal that there's, there isn't, there aren't many churches. There isn't Bill's church and Stu's church and all these other churches right. that there's, there's one church of, of Jesus Christ Amen. throughout the ages. Right. And, and when we have that kind of a connection with each other, uh, it, it, it changes things, doesn't it? Right. It really does. I know for me to know that I'm a part of something that has been around for such a long period of time, mm -hmm. you know, was doing just fine before I came along <laughs> and, you know, uh, Lord willing, we'll be doing just fine after I'm, I fade from the scene. Yeah. You know, when you think about that, you know, the, the length of history and the, the breadth of, of uh, the denominations and all over the world, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, in one sense, yes, I feel like this little bitty person in this grand sweep of what God is doing, mm -hmm. but it's the grand sweep of what our God is doing. I'm mm -hmm. a part of that, and that's uh, that's a very, very cool thing, I the, believe. 
That is super cool. Yeah. And it's, it's boy, it's so easy to lose that perspective though, isn't right. it? Exactly. Um, yeah. I, one, I'm, I, I always look forward. I don't get a lot of chances. That's one of the occupational hazards we have is, is we, we're at our church cause we're right. leading and we don't get a chance to see other churches. But every time I see another church and it just, it just reminds me of, uh, yes. boy, this, this is a big project that God right. has been doing for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone who doesn't do it the same way I do it. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it is okay. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, just about a minute left here. Um, I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. You'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Yes. Any predictions about the game? Uh, yes. My wife is going to have a birthday party during the game. <laughs> oh, no. That I know to be the fact. Actually, oh. it was her idea. Yeah. You know, Marsha loves a party, and she thought, well, I might as well celebrate my birthday, which is the nice. next day. Nice. Uh uh, uh, at a Super Bowl party, so that's what we're going to do. I'm, oh. I'm feeling pretty good about the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, nothing will surprise me in terms yeah. of outcome, but I'm really feeling like they're going to do it. I'd, I hope I'd, they do. I like them being the underdog. Yeah. I don't. I think they thrive on being the yes, underdog. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but uh, and we'll see if we can go one for nine on the MVP. I hope so in the Super Bowl. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be that great. That would be starting a new trend. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, uh, my thanks to Pastor Bill Thornton, or as I call him, the Skipper. That's right, being with buddy. <laughs> Good to be with you today. And uh, the Skipper and I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.